Soulmates, welcome to Foxhole's Black Report. Plenty to discuss on this Thursday. We're following the demand for the explanation an explanation by Al Sharpton in relation to Don Lemon's firing and the Vermont school that is removing problematic terms. Again, welcome to Fox Hills Black Report. I'm Courtney Hicks. And I'm the Cordelai Corte, plus the call to action from John Legend for all black men. Mm -hmm. And what's next for Red Table Talk after Meta has canceled the popular talk show? They're the stories that impact our people. We're gonna bring you our news, our views, and our voice. So let's get into our big conversation for today. It takes us to Minneapolis, where the NAACP has filed a lawsuit against the Minneapolis Police Department for using covert social media accounts to surveil members of of the organization. Now the lawsuit alleges officers posed as black community members to harass and criticize NAACP members violating their rights and engaging in racially discriminatory policing. The lawsuit comes almost a year after a report investigating the MPD for potential misconduct was released. Cynthia Wilson, that's the president of the Minneapolis chapter, stated that the department's actions violated their trust and they need to be held accountable. What an alarming intrusion really on freedom. It mm -hmm. feels like here we go again. Where have we seen this movie before? Mm -hmm. You know, think about when uh, law enforcement infiltrated the Black Panthers, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, there was a very well written about program, COINTELPRO, uh, where uh, they systematically uh, uh, intruded, you know, on Black Panther chapters, you know, across the country. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to see that police departments are still utilizing these sorts of tactics in places like Minneapolis. I mean, this is this is ground zero oh, like the Mecca. where, where the, uh. the George Floyd racial mm -hmm. justice reckoning took place. That's and, it. you know, how many years later, you know, to discover that that while they're trying to make friends with these protesters, mm -hmm. they're actually infiltrating uh, the community. And how can they think that that uh, that's going to engender the kind of trust that is so critical in communities across the country? Well, it definitely it definitely sours, if you will, the, the any trust that the police departments, you know, just across the country uh, are trying to maybe put in place or restore. So, you know, and yet another case of police uh, behaving badly. And we have a few uh, stories to talk about, you know, coming up in, in this particular uh, segment of our show today about police behaving badly. And it just does nothing, nothing to try to uh, restore or try to um, help folks, uh, you know, with the distrust that we already have uh, with police that's right. Yeah. Well, Cook County State Attorney Kim Fox has announced that she won't seek re-election in 2024. Fox's progressive reforms during her two terms have drawn both criticism and praise. She's had a tense relationship with Mayor Lori Lightfoot, who criticized Fox for her handling of Jesse Smollett's case. Fox has praised Mayor-elect Brandon Johnson's ability to elevate the voices of the people. You know, whether you agree with Fox's uh, politics or not, she has really been, you know, at the forefront. You may not agree with how she's gone about it or her stance, but she's been at the forefront of a lot of the issues that we're just now sort of kind of getting to, you know, as, as far as when she was uh, put into office. We're talking about bail and detention reform, mm -hmm. um, of course, the Smollett case, but she's been talking about gun violence and police misconduct and the legalization of marijuana from the very beginning of, of her seat, of her term, if you will. Uh, and uh, so she's been at the forefront, even though she's caught a lot of criticism, you know, you gotta, you gotta give her that check mark for addressing uh, longstanding issues even before they were in style to do 
so. Well, she made very clear that she was leaving office with her head held high mm -hmm. and her heart full, uh, but she also did mince words for the mayor elect, you know, saying that as a black man, essentially watch your back, you know, because uh, folks out here, you know, um, you know, aren't, um, uh, aligned mm -hmm. with uh, the interest of, of the voices of the people who sent him there. And so I thought it was a very candid moment for an mm -hmm. outgoing district attorney. Well, you know, historically speaking, Chicago, it doesn't get any thicker or more interesting than Chicago politics. So uh, definitely uh, we'll keep her eye on what she has next in store for herself. Let's talk about former Oklahoma Councilman Dan Triplett. This is just a sick story. He has been found guilty of first degree murder and desecration of a human corpse of his black employee, man by the name of Brent Mack, whose body was discovered buried under a septic tank. This happened back in October of 2021. Mack's daughter testified during the trial that her father said, quote, if I ever go missing, Dan did it. Her, his exact words. Now, officials found uh, Mack shot in the back with fractured ribs and a perforated lung. Triplet initially claimed he fired Mack and dropped him off at an Oklahoma laundromat, but was caught on surveillance footage driving past that laundromat without stopping. Mac's family expressed relief at the verdict and said they would keep his memory alive. You know, when I first read this, I said, <clears throat> what in the get out is happening right here? I mean, I feel like there there are some unspokens related to this story um, that will you know hopefully come out um, soon. Yeah. But, you know, uh, you know, what a, a horrific murder, mm -hmm. a horrific murder. And, you know, to, to shoot somebody in the back and then to bury their body underneath a septic tank, you know, mm -hmm. real, typically, it, it, you know, it doesn't smell pleasant right. uh, near any septic tank. Mm -hmm. And so anybody that would would smell that odor wouldn't necessarily think that a dead body was right. was right. was buried underneath. And so that just that just gives you a sense of sort of you know, how calculated mm -hmm. uh, this was uh, and uh, how tragic it is, you know, that his family has to learn that, you know, uh, he lost his life in this yeah, way. And, and imagine what Mr. Mack was going through if he could tell his daughter, mm -hmm. if something happens to me, this man did it. And he was he was unfortunately uh, spot on. But there there seems to be a, a story whereas uh, he was fired. This man fired Mr. Mack uh, because of a confrontation with a customer. Uh, he was fired, given $1,000 dollars severance pay and quote unquote driven uh, to this laundromat, which we now know is not true based upon police uh, surveillance or video surveillance. So you're right. A lot more I'm sure is to come. Um, hopefully, you know, this is a, a is an open and shut case to whereas now that he's been convicted, it's over. You know, you want to kind of dig deep and and understand people's motivations, especially when it appears to be, you know, racially infused, if you will. You've got a white man, black man, black victim here. I think it, it's cause for more conversation. Yeah, and the fact that he said, if something happens to me, Dan did it. Dan did it. Well, why was Dan going to do anything? That's right. Yeah, well, more to know. Uh, Antioch, California is in turmoil after the release of violent, racist, homophobic, and sexist text messages sent by its police officers. Mm. The texts were discovered during an investigation by the FBI and local district attorney's office into alleged misconduct by the police in Antioch and neighboring city of Pittsburgh. The released text contained racial slurs, references to police brutality, and sexual harassment. 
This scandal has led to protests, calls for police reform, and a federal lawsuit against the city, police department, and individual officers. Courtney, you know uh, Antioch is not very far from where Mama mm -hmm. Corte lives. My auntie lives in Pittsburgh. I have plenty of cousins and family members there. Uh, and so when I read the story, you know, it, it, uh, it, it gave me chills because mm -hmm. this isn't just a few bad apples, as a lot mm -hmm. of people like to say. Mm -hmm. There were over 45 officers that were on a part of this text chain at some point in time, of which over a dozen of them were in leadership. Mm -hmm. And so for all the people out there that say, well, we only got a few bad apples, or well, if we just you know have more training, right? That's not going to cut it at all. I mean, what do we always say? It starts at the top, you know. And specific leadership. One of the culprits was the president of the Antioch uh, Police uh, Union. Uh, you know, I want to say so. You know, this is behavior that is encouraged, uh, behavior that is perpetuated because you have folks at that particular top who are participating in it. And so again, you know, where do you start? You're going to have to to go above, you know, these folks in order to hopefully get uh, these folks reprimanded off the force, uh, you know, especially if they're serving, you know, diverse communities and, and the very people who they uh, spoke against uh, in these text messages. And so, um, you know, on the other side of it, you know, let's see it. it. You know, it's hurtful, it's harmful, it's disgusting, but let's see it so we can understand uh, how people really feel and that those still left in charge who are in blue can see what we're talking about as a culture. This is, this is, this is nothing new to us and it is still happening it is 2023 mm. yeah all right the founder of a california youth sports academy was wrongly detained in his home by la county sheriff's deputies after they entered his bedroom at four in the morning with guns drawn 54 year old Derek cooper was half dressed and thought he was going to be killed he was handcuffed, escorted out of his home, only to later be determined that he was not the burglar uh, suspect that the cops were looking for. Cooper has since filed a claim against the sheriff's department and a peaceful protest and a march have been organized to demand justice. This is scary. We know how these, you know, knocks at the door in the mm -hmm. middle of the, in, in the morning or at the night, we know how they have ended up based upon the stories and the cases uh, that we have had to bring uh, our soulmates. And here we have yet another case of police behaving badly. Mm -hmm. Police behaving badly. This man was 54 years old. Mm -hmm. He was a grown man. Mm -hmm. A grown man that was pulled out of his house. Sleeping half in the bed. naked. Yep. Right? And who said that he was he felt like he was less than human. Mm -hmm. This is somebody who was humiliated. And so, you know, the police say, "Oh, sorry. Got the wrong person." Well, so then so then how does this man heal? from that traumatic experience he had, that, dare I say, near-death experience yeah. that so many people fear out there, particularly black men and women. As soon as I heard it, I was, I was thinking of Brianna. I was thinking of Botham uh, Jean, who was in his own apartment. And, and the officer, you know, thought it was her apartment and, and, and killed him. And so, you know, even though it, it, you know, this man did not lose his life, but just think about the the trauma and how this will affect, you know, the rest of his life. And that's what people, especially people outside of the culture, don't seem to think, oh, he wasn't killed and oh, it was a mistake. But but this, this has a ripple effect. And because we have evidence of how it can go very badly with the uh, victims I've just mentioned, mm -hmm. um, you know, it is, it, is, it is always the worst case scenario when it comes to us. And those emotional wounds, they run deep. Absolutely, they do. Absolutely, they do. 
Well, the family of Rasheem Carter, who was reported missing last year and whose remains were found in November 2022, are demanding justice and more information from officials in Mississippi. Ben Crump is the attorney representing the family. He announced this week that a third set of remains had been found matching Rasheem's DNA. The family had previously been told that an animal, an animal had killed Rasheem, mm. but later, Officials admitted that they believed he had been murdered. The family has accused officials of misleading them and has called on the Department of Justice to investigate. A protest demanding justice will be held on April 29th. All right, let's uh, shift into uh, something much more lighthearted and positive. Pharrell Williams was honored as the creator honoree at the Grammys on the Heal event in D.C. He expressed gratitude for the recognition, but also used the platform to advocate for important causes such as women's and LGBT. LGBTQIA rights. William says when uh, we can shine an honest light on rights, it's a victory entertainment. Figures and music performers were also featured, including Nile Rodgers' uh, story about his battle with cancer and the power of music before becoming Get Lucky with Tank, performing rather, Get Lucky with Tank and the Bangers. I mean, you know, just earlier this week, we lost a giant, mm -hmm. Harry Belafonte. And one of the enduring parts of his legacy is about using our platform for good, using our platform to advocate for justice. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's great that Pharrell and so many other uh, folks that are part of the Recording Academy are there on Capitol Hill, sharing their stories, using their platform, using their fame uh, to make it very clear that not only are rights important, but as, as Pharrell said, rights are endangered. Mm -hmm. As Coretta Scott King said, you know, it's the job of every generation to fight for our civil and human rights. And so uh, in that spirit, it's good to see Pharrell uh, up there on Capitol yeah, Hill. And, and then to go full circle and entertain the people, because let me tell you something about Tank and the Bangers. Shout out. They are awesome. Awesome new group. If you don't know about them, Google them, soulmates. You'll love them. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, a jury in Washington, D.C., federal court has found rapper Prize Michelle guilty on all 10 counts, including conspiracy and acting as an unregistered agent of a foreign government. Michelle was accused of funneling money from a fugitive Malaysian financier through straw donors to Barack Obama's 2012 re-election campaign, then trying to influence an extradition case on behalf of China under the Trump administration. Testimony from high-profile individuals like Leonardo DiCaprio and former U.S. Attorney General Jeff Sessions was heard during the trial. Michelle's defense argued he received bad legal advice, but plans to appeal the verdict. Gosh, you know, as celebrated and as a part of the, you know, hip-hop culture and fabric that the Fugees are, there was always something very heavy about the Fugees as co uh, co collectively and individually speaking. Lauren's story, why Clef's story, and now Prize's story. Mm -hmm. And this just sounds like an FX series. You know, Snowfall, Snowfall just ended. 
God bless us all. It sounds like something from out of the X, FX series. It sounds like something 50 Cent can, I know he doesn't want to take it to, to, um, to, stars. to stars, but he can take it and do something. with. This blew my mind. I mean, we knew he was thick in it, and then comes the uh, informant um, piece that he revealed during his testimony, and now uh, the, the guilty verdict. This is, this is something made for Hollywood. It is a wild story, wow. 10 counts. I mean, you know, we've been tracking this case and you know certainly didn't see that coming yeah. right so to be found guilty on 10 counts it's a lot but you know you have folks like Leonardo DiCaprio who testified that you know <clears throat> he had met the financier yeah. you know who also financed the movie The Wolf of Wall Street mm -hmm. and thought he was a decent guy you know, didn't think there there was any issue, and so with Proz saying, you know, hey, you know, I, I got bad advice. You know, um, I didn't know that what I was doing was illegal. Um, you know, who knows where this case is going to go on appeal? And certainly has had a lot of plot twists mm -hmm. in this case thus far. But um, it's it's sad to see, you know, Proz convicted of 10 counts. Yeah, that's a lot. It's heavy. I'm sure more to come, especially with, you know, like you said, any appeals and some sentencing uh, that could that could follow as well. Yeah. My goodness. All right, up next, a decorated Olympian forced to give up her medals. That's right. We'll tell you why Tara Davis Woodall is being stripped of all her titles. Mm. When we return, you're watching Fox Soul's Black Report. Welcome to Foxhole's Black Report. Well, U.S. long jumper Tara Davis Woodall lost her national indoor title after testing positive for THC, a chemical found in cannabis, marijuana, and hashish. That's old school, hashish. All right, the U.S. anti-doping agency suspended Davis Woodhall for uh, one month as her cannabis use was out of competition and unrelated to sports performance. Cannabis is prohibited by world anti-doping agencies, uh, the agency, but its uh, policy is reviewed annually. Yeah, the Shikari Richardson case in the 2021 U.S. Olympic trials reignited the debate over cannabis and sports. NBA updated its marijuana policy and will no longer test for marijuana. USTF might allow, might follow suit. Yeah, this is a bad sister here. She can, she can jump from here to, 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 to China for sure. Um, listen, if it, if it was off, off record, you know, while she wasn't competing, mm -hmm. you know, I, I guess there's some policy in place where that applies as well, obviously. But I, I feel like, you know, everybody else is moving towards leave folks alone when they're off the clock and do what they do. Um, maybe hopefully with those monthly reviews, the doping uh, agency or anti-doping agency will kind of take a look at their policies and, and maybe loosen up a bit. I, if it maybe, well, I don't know if it's out of your system by the time you're ready to compete because they compete at specific times of the year, specific events, and then they kind of go down under and train. You know, it was during her personal time. Yeah, and, and, and what if she had a medical marijuana card? I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I just, I just feel like, you know, they're- Petty. 
it feels a little petty, but it also feels that feels like we are at a point mm -hmm. in this conversation around the legalization of marijuana mm -hmm. where we have states here in this country that are ahead of other states. Mm -hmm. There are countries around the world that are ahead of other countries. And so I think, you know, the World Anti-Doping Agency really needs to reconcile that mm -hmm. because there are a lot of great athletes out there, mm -hmm. you know, that are going to be, you know, stripped of their titles um, and are going to lose the opportunity to compete, uh, you know, because you know, they are, you know, engaging in uh, use of cannabis or hashish or marijuana, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. on some level. You know, uh, does it really rise to that level where they should be uh, reprimanded in this way? I think it's a very important question. Uh, good question. All right, uh, speaking of question, CNN anchor Don Lemon's ousting is being condemned by Al Sharpton and the National Action Network who are demanding an explanation. Sharpton and Mark Morrell, president and CEO of the National Urban League and our good friend here at Fox Souls Black Report. He released, uh, they released a joint statement rather on uh, Wednesday expressing their shock and appreciation for Lemon's contribution to journalism, particularly in giving a voice to civil rights issues. CNN CEO Chris Licht uh, was accused of Lim uh, accused by Lemon of firing him without warning, which CNN denied. Lemon faced criticism for making offensive comments and for alleged allegedly abusing female co-workers. Sharpton and Morel called for transparency in the decision to let him go. Lots to unpack. Yeah. It was the, one of the biggest stories of the week, if not. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I mean, between his firing and Tucker Carlson, mm -hmm. which a lot of people said that's a false equivalency. These are mm -hmm. two, they're two different, different reasons scenarios. Uh, that they were let go. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Al Sharpton and Mark Morial said they want more information on how the decision to oust Lemon was made. Mm -hmm. You know and I know we don't own these chairs. We mm -hmm. serve at the pleasure of. And so, you know, when your time is up, your time is up. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of folks just want to, you know, make sure that Don Lemon was treated fairly. You know, um, obviously there's been talk in the news about, you know, some uh, accusations of misogyny on his part and his relationships and lack thereof with, uh, with, with some of the uh, female folks over at CNN and some of his co-anchors. You know, was, was this a, a solution to a problem? Or were these sort of problems looking for a solution? I don't know. You can't take away, you know, what the man, you know, has done, uh, you know, for CNN and his uh, contributions to that particular network. So even behind closed doors, if you don't like him, you don't agree with him, you want to get rid of him, play nice, you know, and, and for the optics, you know, give him his moment, you know, on the, I don't know if, I don't know if Don, I think Don could be trusted. He, he could have been trusted to, to say goodbye and to have a moment, you know, uh, in regards to, you know, moving on. So I think it was very, unfortunate in, in that respect but to your point I don't think CNN is interested in in playing nice or interested in being transparent uh, Don tweeted and said what he said CNN those folks have uh, clapped back and said what they said and I think that's gonna be it I don't really think they care to make too much more light of it Don uh, was just on the uh, time 100 most influential folks on mm -hmm. that red carpet and said hey it, it appeared as though he's he's let it go at least how he expressed that on, on the red carpet and that he's ready for his summer and he'll see what, what comes next. So, Or he's at least deferred it to, to his lawyer. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's mm -hmm. also important to note there are not a lot of black anchors, mm -hmm. and not a lot of LGBTQ anchors, and therefore not a lot of black LGBTQ anchors that occupy chairs like that, not just on CNN, but on lots of networks. And mm -hmm. so it, it's, it's an enormous loss. Um, and uh, I'm sure a lot of us are going to be paying extra close attention to uh, this story. Sure.
Yeah. Well, the Walt Disney Company is suing Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and other state officials alleging that they're harming the company's business operations. The lawsuit follows a series of actions by DeSantis that increased the state's control over Disney, including appointing a board to govern a district that the company has owned and self-governed for decades. Disney criticized Florida's parental rights and education law and vowed to work to repeal it. DeSantis criticized Disney and voided development contracts that Disney made. Disney's lawsuit alleges that the legislation was enacted in retaliation for the company's exercising its rights to free speech. All right, soulmates, let's go to Vermont. Yes, Vermont. The excess uh, water for a Westford School District has informed parents that certain lessons would remove the terms male, female, and other similar phrases, which caused outrage on social media. Now, in an effort to align the curriculum with their equity policy, the district will use gender-inclusive language throughout the science health unit focused on puberty and the human reproductive systems. The terms boy, male, and assigned male at birth would now be preferred to, or referred to rather as person who produces sperm and those formerly called girl, female, and assigned at birth would be person who produces eggs. Moving forward, the changes were criticized as absurd and teaching biology without including biology and I'm just as confused now as I was when I tried to start <laughs> reading through that thing like it is listen as a member of the community is it that serious can it, I just call you a man and be okay or are you offended I mean help all of us out well I am a man I know <laughs> I know you are um, you know and there are people out there that may be gender non-conforming look you know um, our understanding mm -hmm. of our gender identity and sexual orientation is expanding, especially as younger people look at, look at Gen Z and how they identify. Um, but this struck me as a little too much too soon. Mm. Um, and it struck me as something that was imposed on the parents mm -hmm. and not something that was socialized with the parents. You gotta take people on the journey when you look to make these sorts of changes. And I think part of the reason, reason why there's been such a reaction, not just in Vermont, but a reaction on social media is because people weren't taken on the journey with, with this, right? You know, uh, it, 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 I'm a part of the LGBTQ community and, and this seems a little strange to me, right? And, and, and so you end up yeah. hurting more people as opposed to helping more people simply by the way you're rolling it out, let alone what you're rolling out. So uh, it, instead of saying a girl or what you're, a person who produces, you know, eggs, and, instead of saying guy or man or a person who produces sperm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, I, that's, that's a, they're doing too much. Yeah, I think <laughs> I, I think the goal is to, is to be neutral, is to neutralize uh, how we we gender folks, mm. uh, and. I just think that this is this feels like too much too soon. The way this was socialized um, was was uh, not the way. It was not mm. the way. And so hopefully the folks in Vermont go back to the drawing board and, and, and engage in, the parents. I mean, this is a major shift in language, mm. right? And that's not something that should be taken lightly. It's not something Do you, you agree with put the language? I mean, I, it, it strikes me as being a little strange, right? I just don't okay. think people communicate that way. Mm -hmm. uh, I understand the effort, you know, that that's been going on across the board. 
as far as pronouns and, and better understanding and inclusion and stuff. But it's the it's the it's the verbiage that's that's throwing me a little bit. Now, the language. Now, Courtney, if if this school community together decided this is what we're going to do, okay, well then, okay, Fine. that's what the people in Vermont and the community want to do. Mm -hmm. You know, God bless them, right? But if that if that hasn't happened, then I think that's where where the issue lies. And so, you know, uh, community engagement is really important and hopefully uh, uh, they lean into that in Vermont. Hmm. More than 2,000 pounds of beef patties sold nationwide <laughs> have been recalled. Mm. It comes after people say they found rubber-like material inside of them. Weinstein Whole Meats says it's doing an internal review on its products. The Food Safety and Inspection Service says consumers should throw out or return the meat right away. I'm gonna just stop eating everything. Don't think I'm, I, I, you gotta eat something. Well, you know, listen, you can't even drink the water anymore. I don't know what, what like air, just my mother used to call it uh, air pudding. Just eat the air. Air you pudding. Know, and stay healthy. <laughs> but really, this stuff is so scary. I, I'm not a, a meat eater myself, but, you know, my family and friends are, and I wouldn't want, you know, any harm done to them by way of eating uh, some of these products. And it's just so hard to trust the people that we trust to make sure our food is up to par and, and clean and and healthy and real, yeah. you know? It's just, a, you know, with food being so expensive, you know, I want to be paying for real food. If, with food being so expensive, I want to make sure that when I get it home and rinse it off uh, and, and cook it up and serve it, that we're not going to, you know, get sick or die from it, Yeah, you but, know? And, but, but, but just to sort of, you know, right-size this, you know, there's people consume a lot of meat mm -hmm. uh, in this country on a daily basis, right? And hat tip to the FDA, hat tip to all the people that work in, in, in consumer protection to make sure that all the products that we consume, you know, um, that they are safe for us mm -hmm. to, to, to consume they're safe for us to drink, safe for us to eat. And so thank goodness that the folks caught this when they did, mm -hmm. um, you know, so that, you know, more people didn't end up harmed. And so that's an example of, of government working well for the people. And, and I agree with you, but there's just a, a lot you know, that, that has been recalled, a lot of dangers, you know, people have suffered, you know, because of, you know, this this contamination. And so, you know, I understand the policing part of it, but, you know, sometimes it's what gets past them that affects, you know, the consumer. And, and I just want them to maybe, I don't know if they got to widen the gate or what they need to do, but um, these recalls seem to be pretty frequent. Mm -hmm. All right, coming up, there's a new push to recognize the history of our Country. That's right. We'll tell you all about the lawmakers who are looking to start Confederate History Month. That's right, y'all. I said that. <laughs> no, you didn't. We'll be right back. You're watching Fox Hills Black Report. Wow. Mm -hmm. Welcome back to Foxhole's Black Report. Well, EGOT winner John Legend <laughs> is speaking up for women's reproductive rights. This week at Time Magazine's Time 100 Summit, 
the father of three, was asked about the role men in the the role of men in the war on women's reproductive rights. So he stated, "quote We have to speak up for reproductive rights, absolutely." Now the crooner also warned uh, that it's not uh, a pro-life agenda; it's a pro-control over women's reproductive choices agenda. That's right. Legend and his wife, model Chrissy Teigen, faced the devastating decision to have an abortion at 20 weeks mm. once they learned their son Jack would not survive. Yeah, so here we are, you know, getting some emotion and feeling and facts from people who've been through it, who've been in situations where, you know, abortion was, you know, a medical necessity. Yeah, a medical necessity, probably for uh, Chrissy's uh, uh, health as well. Uh, and I agree with uh, John Legend. I, you know, regardless of where you stand on, you know, uh, abortion and and all the medications surrounding it, um, for me, this is about. Uh, someone else controlling my body and mm -hmm. I should always always have control over that and say so and, and that's that's my problem yeah and I appreciate his call to action to all the brothers out there mm -hmm. all the men out there mm -hmm. you know to to step up to speak up to say something I mean this is this is an issue that uh, will affect every woman uh, that we know that's right uh, and for us to be silent for us to turn a blind eye for us to judge uh, a decision that really uh, I agree with you a decision that I think only a woman uh, can make uh, you know is uh, is 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 not uh, becoming you know of you know the the kind of uh, support system that we want to be mm -hmm. to our sisters in this country and so you know I, I appreciate John saying the quiet part out loud all right Let's go to Tennessee, where lawmakers have decided to hold up the banner of Confederacy. The state recently issued a Confederate History Month proclamation with a document that says nothing about slavery and calls the Civil War a four-year historic struggle <laughs> for state rights. Now, in February of this year, two state senators issued a formal proclamation commemorating April 2023 as Confederate History Month and encouraged all Tennesseans to increase their knowledge of this monumentous era in the history of the state. So we were giving them praise for, what did they think, for Juneteenth and all, but, oh, but on, the un, on, the, on the underbelly of it all, they were still up to their old, to their old ways. They threw you out a couple of nuggets, but then herein lies what, what they, wolf tickets, what they really on. Are you serious? I mean, I think it's, it's, it's offensive. It's offensive. Confederate History Month in 2023, we want to celebrate our Confederate, Confederate heritage. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, they know what they're doing and they know that the Confederacy is a symbol. Uh, the, the Confederate flag is a symbol that, 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 of that whole era of nothing but torture and trauma mm -hmm. and lynchings and the dehumanization of black people. Mm -hmm. And so for them to pass uh, legislation uh, making Juneteenth a state holiday and then. in Tennessee and then mm -hmm. have the nerve to pass a bill making uh, Confederate History Month a thing in Tennessee which makes me feel like we to should slap all, in the that, face. That, that, There's no other way to look at that. It. Something is that you know you you something is always a setup. <laughs> you know, like we heard the Juneteenth, and we were like, okay, Tennessee, we see you. 
you know, and, and, and then here they come with, with this uh, agenda, and I misspoke, they call it, a, they're calling it, we need to celebrate this uh, monumentous uh, uh, month, we, you know, momentous month. That we no, we to, don't. Well, that's what they say we need that's to do. That's what they said, but, but that's no, we what don't. I'm saying, you know, reel this thing back, and, you know, we love, of course, the Juneteenth uh, information and celebration, but then when you partner it and couple it and come back with this, it's like, ah, this is set up. Mm. It's a setup. Well, guess who's giving a commencement speech at Spelman College and who else is getting an honorary degree? Well, Pulitzer Prize winning uh, and creator of the 1619 Project, Nicole Hannah-Jones, will do the honors. Hannah-Jones currently serves as the Knight Chair of Race and Journalism at Howard University, where she founded the Center for Journalism and Democracy. Hannah Jones is also the co-founder of the Ida B. Wells Society for Investigative Reporting, which seeks to increase the number of investigative reporters and editors of color. This year's graduating class of 468 students will include four valedictorians, a salutatorian, and many high-achieving graduates from across the country. Oh, by the way, mm. did we mention the Emmy Award-winning actress? Tracy Ellis Ross will what? receive an honorary degree. Hello. Very cool. All right, so the oldest living U.S. Olympic medalist, man by the name of Herbert Herb Douglas Jr., has died. He was 101 years old. What a life, right? Douglas was the first black basketball player at Pittsburgh uh, Elder Dice High School. He was also among Pittsburgh's first black football players. He won a bronze medal in the long jump at the 1948 London Games. Little known history fact, at least I didn't know it. And that's why, you know, I love this, this show for us because we learned so much, mm -hmm. uh, but some great rich history there. 101. Uh, 101. He's seen so much. Yeah, that's part of my prayer. I, I, I really do want to live up into the those years because I just want to see how the world will be by then. Could you imagine living another, I'm already 52, so could you imagine living another 50 years and what might be taking place? I often, you know, wonder, you know, we, we you just mentioned Harry Belafonte in mm -hmm. his later part of the 90s. Uh, my husband's grandmother is 105 in her right mind and everything. I just, could you imagine that span? I'd love to be able to witness it myself. Yeah. That's a part of my prayer. That's great. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's mm -hmm. great. I mean, see what y'all doing 50 years from now. <laughs> you gonna be clowning. You gonna be right here clowning. Right here on Fox O Fact uh -huh. Report, clowning. Still ahead. <laughs> Keep her name out your mouth. Ooh, who are you talking about? <laughs> That's probably what got her show canceled. We'll tell you what Jada Pinkett Smith has planned uh, next for uh, the show. You're watching Fox Soul's Black Report. But they kept their business out there, though. That's what was going on with that. Tabitha said, keep by you. Welcome back to Foxhole's Black Report. Well, it's a wrap for the very popular Red Table Talk. You don't say. The often viral online talk show hosted by Jada Pinkett Smith was canceled by Meta, better known as Facebook, this week. Now, according to Deadline, the cancellation comes amid the recent round of Meta layoffs. The show, which was the last of the Facebook Watch originals, had some memorable moments, of course, including the episode where Jada had a sit down with her husband, Will, about her romantic entanglement with singer August Augusta 
uh, Alcina, August Alcina rather. Now, according to reports, the show is being shopped around to other platforms. In the very, in the infancy of Red Table Talk, before it became Red Table Talk mm -hmm. with production, and it, it was, it was really. I felt it was really good. I felt it was really authentic, and and I really appreciated the conversation. And then it got big time and even more controversial. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting just to see, you know, what people had to say, that, that whole out of the horse's mouth kind of thing. But it turned so messy, so quick. Yeah, I mean, but in, and there were some moments on the show that were a gem. I'm thinking yeah, about when moments. Snoop Dogg came to Red Table Talk, you know, to sort of clear things up, mm -hmm. um, you know, after the, the whole issue with Auntie Gail, right? Mm -hmm. um, and just so many sort of pop culture moments mm -hmm. took place on Red Table Talk. And so, you know, there, there were conversations that were had that I thought were helpful. Mm -hmm. And there were conversations that they were ha that were had where, you know, it left you scratching your like, head and what? shaking your head. What? Well, Sometimes all at once. Well, you CNN needs some content, don't they? They just fired, uh, oh boy, they could, you know, there's plenty of, look, a lot of these networks are starving for content, uh, especially uh, black content, whether they want to admit it or not, because we are the biggest consumers of it all. So I think they'll find a home soon. Yeah. I do. I would be I surprised do. if they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Janet Jackson fans are sharing positive reviews and videos of her first night in Atlanta for her Together Again tour, but fans for night two will have to wait. Hmm. Night two of the show has been pushed back to Friday night since the Hawks need State Farm Arena for game six against the Celtics tonight. I guess those who, who did the scheduling didn't expect they the did not. Hawks Doubting them to Hawks. make it this far. Doubting them cute Just little light-skinned guys. Mm -hmm. <laughs> either way, either way, those who can't make the new date are eligible for a refund. Yeah, listen, the Hawks are showing out. They are showing out. And uh, it's just a great moment for them. And this happens often, especially, you know, for the soulmates who stay, you know, in in um, cities where there are big arenas like this, and and all, and they're multi-purposed, if you will. I remember, you know, hockey games here in mm -hmm. Detroit, uh, events being pushed back because you know the, the hockey team or the Pistons went a little further than than expected. So it happens all the time, and you know, I think the Janet fans will be able to hold tight because of the Hawks. I mean, this is this is big. So you know, Hawks, Janet, Hawks, Janet. Knowing you'll get to Janet, let's give it up for the Hawks right now. I mean, it's a great week. It. It's a great week for fans all across mm -hmm. the board in Atlanta. You, mm -hmm. you, you get a two for this week. Yeah, man. All right, anchor Don Lemon has been pulled from CNN. The decision comes about two months after he apologized for on-air comments about Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley. Lemon, who's been with CNN for 17 years, said he was stunned by the move, but says he has no regrets about being let go from the network, saying, quote, I'm a survivor. Last night, Lemon made an appearance on the 2023 Time 100 Gala Red carpet. Someone asked what's next for him. He said he doesn't know, but he will have the summer of a 12 year old. And I, I knew what he meant by that, like carefree, you know, it kind of remind me of, of the coming of age movies, the Goonies and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So, of course, people took that and and kind of ran with it and thought it was a little they were a little weirded out or thought it was a little, you know, creepy. Yeah. But but I got what he meant. He was holding the hand of his partner and they were going to ride off into the sunset. And I, I love his honest, transparent, you know, um, answer. I don't know what I don't know. You know, I don't know what's what what's what's coming up, but this is what I'm gonna do right now. Yeah, and and you know, he it, during that that interview on the red carpet, Don, you know, really seemed like 
he was ready to move forward, mm-hmm. right? And I was actually surprised at how there didn't seem to be a hint of bitterness. Yeah. Um, it, it didn't, he didn't seem to be Monday morning quarterbacking at all. You know, he, he really seemed to be focused on the future. And 17 years, that's a, that's a long run anywhere. Yeah. And that's why I said earlier, in TV. when, when uh, we were talking about Reverend L. Sharpton and, and Mark Morell wanting, you know, some explanation, um, that's, I said earlier, he just, I, I don't think, it, CNN is interested in, in explaining it anymore. And after this red carpet appearance, I think at least optically speaking, it looks like he's kind of letting go or has let yeah. go. So I think, you know, they're just going to, you know, keep it moving. And I like that he's not he's not hiding out. I mean, you know, he says that he was he was shocked, you know, that mm-hmm. uh, uh, he was fired. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, you didn't get a hint of that on the red carpet. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, he really seemed like, OK, it happened. You know, he, he said on the red carpet, you know, um, you know, I don't uh, live life with regrets. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, are there some things he would have done different? Maybe. But, you know, but that's the first lesson we learned via social media was don't I'm, I'm not bothered. Don't be bothered. You know, that was that's a, that was one of the biggest first messages you learn from from scrolling up people's uh, uh, timelines. Don't. So he didn't let him. You know, if he, if he is bothered, you did not know it on that red carpet. Don looked unbothered on that red carpet. <laughs> he did. If unbothered looked like somebody, looked like Don Lemon on that red yeah, carpet. Yeah, man. Moving along, comedian Roy Wood Jr. is slated to host this year's White House Correspondents' Dinner, and he's already saying who's off limits when it comes to being roasted. Roy Wood Jr. is from New York and got his start filling in for Ricky Smiley on Hot 105.7. He now has credits on Comedy Central, Saturday Night Live, and Netflix, but this will be the biggest, his biggest career milestone yet. When asked who's off limits at the dinner, he said, nothing's off limits, except Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, who returned last week to the Senate from, for the first time since suffering a concussion in March. You know, I'm familiar with... Of all people. I know, right, with Roy. Uh, however, I, I, I think he, for me, he's a little under the radar in the sense that when I think of comedians, you know, he doesn't necessarily come to mind. But sometimes there are comedians and musicians who are a comedian's comedian mm-hmm. and work from the inside out, very highly respected and very highly regarded by, you know, the community, whether it be the comedic community or the, or the musicians, the musical community. And I think He's one of those guys, a lot of writing. Uh, he's good friends with a lot of, of, of more what, what I guess we would consider well-known uh, comedians. But you always see him sort of kind of like right there. And sometimes you may not know his name, but you definitely know his face. But, you know, now that he's been assigned to events like this, uh, you know, this is like how you get to getting as a household name, mm-hmm. you know. And so we'll see how this works out. That's a huge, huge gig. Yeah, huge yeah. I mean, White, White House Correspondents Weekend, it's a big mm-hmm. deal, you know. Um, I won't be at the dinner, but I'll be there this weekend. And so uh, I'll be sure to get people's quick take on how yeah, we did. Yeah, you must. Mm-hmm. Did they let you take your phone in? Can you, can yeah. you do it? Okay, mm-hmm. well, get it all. We want to see okay. from your perspective. All right. Okay. Very sad news to report. Soulmates legendary talk show host Jerry Springer has died. Uh, family says he died peacefully at his home in Chicago. He had been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer just a few months ago, and we're told he took a turn for the worse this week. Springer served as the mayor of Cincinnati before moving to TV. He hosted the Jerry Springer show for 27 years, then hosted Judge Jerry for three seasons. 
he was most recently on the last season of The Masked Singer, com uh, competing as uh, the Beatle, uh, Jerry Springer. He was only 79. In the scheme of things, that's that's relatively young, and we know that pancreatic cancer is one of the toughest cancers yeah. uh, to beat, unfortunately, but uh, uh, sorely missed. I mean, he really, whether you like that show or not, uh, I was grown paying bills, but I made it, uh, 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 the, what do you think, what did you use to record the shows back in the oh, day? Oh, the, the VHS? Beta, like, oh, yeah, oh. DVR, B DV well, DVR? D no, it wasn't DVR. VCR, VCR, VCR. See, see, I got it. I got that's my how, producer in my back. ear. That's how far my, back. My millennial VCR. She said DVR. She said VCR. That's how far you back. You would make sure you pop that thing in and, and program the thing because you, you had to watch some Jerry Springer. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. How, how often would you change the tape? Because some people um, use the same tape for like years. Um, it depends on if I wanted the show, I would use a different tape, or if not, I would just tape over. Uh -huh. what I but that's how you got down back yeah. in the day. Wasn't no DVR, or no, no, it was a VCR. Yeah. Google I mean, it. I mean, you know, Jerry Springer, that he was that was a pop culture phenomenon. You know, mm -hmm. it, it was not a thing before Jerry Springer where people would go on talk shows and would start to fight. They would fight yes, each other would. on the talk show, yeah. right? And yeah. um, it, you know, very different flavor than what Oprah was 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 given or what mm -hmm. uh, Ricky Lake was giving, yeah. right? I mean, Ricky like, Lake was a little Springerish. Yeah, yeah, but Jerry Springer was was to the extreme of Ricky and Lake, and so was the lady. I was going to say Jenny Sally, Jesse, Sally Jesse Rock. Oh, Sally Jesse Jen, with, with the red glass. Yeah, Jenny was out there too. Now, uh -huh. I would say Oprah and Donahue. You know. But the rest of them, they were out there. Wow, wow, wow. Up next, y'all already know, it's our favorite segment. Black, Black Excellence. Excellence. We'll tell you what Brazil is doing to honor uh, one of their biggest sports stars ever. You see him here. Uh, you're watching Fox Soul's Black Report. We'll be right back. <laughs> We're still talking about VHS tapes. <laughs> we are, we are. I had a collection of VHS you tapes. You did, we know, You we better know. not tape over my shows, we my stories. We ain't I was, I was channeled, I was general hospital all in. That was my jam. One life to live. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, well, welcome back to Fox News <laughs> Black Report. The name Pele <laughs> has been added to the Brazilian dictionary as a word meaning the best. Absolutely. Now, the death of uh, the legendary soccer player uh, happened back in December of 22, and it left the world mourning, especially his home country of Brazil. Uh, Brazilian Dictionary is making sure future generations are forever aware of his greatness. The move to add Pele to the dictionary came after a campaign to honor the legend's impact on the world, even beyond soccer, received more than 125,000 signatures. That's right. Pele won three World Cup titles and set the record for the youngest player to do so at just 17 years old. He will always be regarded as soccer's uh, goat, goat mm -hmm. greatest of all time, yeah. and considered by many to be the greatest athlete in history. You learn something new every day. Of course, I know about the legacy of Pele. I did not know he won those titles at 17 years of age. Yeah, he was yeah. a force. He was a force. And my dad loved Pele. Mm -hmm. uh, my dad played soccer. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, soccer is like football Absolutely. in Africa, mm -hmm. right? It is a big deal, mm -hmm. right? And so um, that was my introduction to Pele. Yeah, and, and no matter how much America tries to impose our football, as in the, the 
pig skin, you know, uh -huh. football. Uh, the rest of the world is like, no, 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 no. It's soccer for us, thank you. Mm -hmm. I mean, the NFL even goes over there and, and they do, you know, the, the games, the goodwill games, and they, they'll have a, a game during their season over in England somewhere. And the people will show up, you know, those guys are superstars over there too. But as far as football is concerned, mm -hmm. it is a round black and white uh, ball. And so, uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't think that'll ever, ever, ever happen. And the fact that Pele was as great as he was, mm -hmm. but the fact that he was an athlete, a superstar athlete at the time that he was, mm -hmm. right? Remember, you know, a lot of sports were still fighting for integration, right? Yeah. And, you know, well, a, lo a lot of sports, a lot of athletes uh, uh, weren't, all that respected and, mm -hmm. and and quite frankly a lot of sports folks weren't checking for for black athletes yeah. and so you know to to have risen to not just fame across brazil mm -hmm. but a, a level of stardom worldwide yeah and the racism really that these that these modern day uh, soccer players are facing yeah. now 2023 can you imagine what he was dealing mm -hmm. with back in his day yeah. That's right. Yeah. I'm headed to uh, D.C., so I'll be out tomorrow. Not only are you headed to D.C., yeah. you're being inducted into the Black Women in Radio Hall of Fame, Library of Congress. We're so proud of you. You know, I, I just posted something not too long ago on social media. It says, you know, your life is the sum of all your choices. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I have doubted my choice because this broadcast industry can be tough. You layer on being a woman. You layer on being a black woman and all the fads and everything that, you know, I've had to to sort of kind of, mm -hmm. you know, either circumvent or move through, or it, it was always, uh, you always just had to be better and the best. But, you know, everything um, that goes through a little fire comes out on the other side as gold and diamonds have to be pressured. And so it's a good look to, you know, have something happen on the other side of the career. I'm excited about it. So I'll be back on Monday and I'll let y'all know all of Take that. Take photos. Yeah, I will. Yeah. All right, for the full rundown on today's stories and more, you can access Fox Souls video on demand on uh, any of our partners. You can even access past shows and other Black-centered content. Don't forget to download the Foxo app. We tell you about this every day, and you know it's free. How much? It's, it's free. 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 Free, free. Free, free, free. Like, free. give us free. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. Uh, appreciate you. I'm Courtney Hicks. And I'm the Cordelai Corte. On behalf of all of us here at Foxo's Black Report, stay lifted. And stay safe. We'll see you soon.